0: Hello and welcome back to the show on the island podcast season 39 the finale episode we are here for the last time this fall and winter and then we can go into our long envied hibernation for not that long actually I think the break between (laughs) seasons this year is shorter than usual but today we have a lot to get to with Two guests. Well, one person who's here every week and then a guest. I'm your host, Taylor Gaines, and as usual, my co-host, his face is smirky and it's kind of rude. It's Tyler B. Comments. <laughs> <laughs> what up? I'm just
1: uh, TC chilling over here. Ah, We're you got it. Out
0: if I get to win the
1: season. <laughs> I was
0: trying to figure out how to do that. <laughs> I really was trying to figure out how to work in Dean's quote to introduce you, which was, I really need to take a poop, but let me think about it. And I (laughs) I couldn't quite make it flexible enough.
1: Yeah, that works. I mean, I guess he he already knows my pre-recording ritual, so we are the same person I'm finding (laughs) out.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. And the other person here to talk about the finale with us, who has joined us several finales in a row, I think since the last time, We talked to her. She was on American Ninja Warrior. So she's been busy traveling the world. Uh, One of the stars of season 33, as I was reminded (laughs) of Survivor, season 33, Millennials vs. Gen X. She hates to toot her own horn, but toot, toot, because she did that. It's Michelle Schubert.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hey. Hey, guys. How are you?
0: We're here. We made it to the end. We made it to the end of the most challenging season to cover in the show's history. But hopefully for a, as as Kelly put it, for change. Like, hopefully things will get better.
1: Really, that's the only way they can go. Because this season just, I I've been thinking about it, looking at it. And I feel like gameplay-wise and all that stuff, we probably got about like, four or five weeks in the beginning and then we've had this whole Dan and everything happening and then we had another fairly solid episode of like traditional Survivor gameplay this episode and I thought that that was really good and uh, kind of a nice way to end the season rather than just well what what did Dan do what did Dan not do and it felt good to be able to enjoy the show again for the reasons that we enjoy Survivor.
0: It's a shame for this cast too cuz it was a hell of a cast on paper and I think they got really swallowed up by this entire thing. I we're going to get to all that. We're going to talk about all the aftermath one final time I guess here for for this season with Kelly speaking at the reunion show and CBS announcing several changes that they're going to make going forward production wise to try to prevent something like this from happening in the future we'll talk about jeff's uh, apology and everything but for ease of use i want to try to go through the episode first here we'll kind of take it one beat at a time and then we'll get to the hard stuff it's sort of the opposite of like when you're a kid and your mom's making you eat your vegetables and your dinner so you can earn dessert we're gonna have the dessert first and then eat a bunch of vegetables I'm up for it. (laughs) Alright, so this episode opened with us finally getting to see the end of Island of the Idols as a twist with Rob and Sandra revealing themselves to the final person who had not seen them, which was Tommy. And I, I, I do want to just out of the gate say that I am eating up the irony of the one person who did not get a lesson or <laughs> like get to go down to the idols actually just winning. It's just too funny to yeah. me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That was, that's true. Um, Also, can I, can I say that it seemed um a little fishy to me that all throughout the season, like we didn't see this happening, but it was clear that it was happening that they were either Rob and Sandra or, or maybe production, but probably probably Robin Sandra. I don't know. We're influencing each person to lie about what was going on in Island of the Idols. Have you Have you guys thought about that?
0: Yeah. So we've theorized about this, and my thought is, it had to have been production. Said you can sort of talk about what happened, but don't reveal that they're there, right?
2: Right. It had to. They They did not want. They what they wanted was. The, each person coming to Island of the Idols, they wanted that reaction, that like, oh, ah! You know, when you see Mount Rushmore and Rob and Sandra come out, like, they wanted that reaction each time. And you wouldn't have had it if, like, the very first person comes back and's like, hey, yeah. uh, but and did you notice that the first two people that went were from opposite tribes and they both came back and told the same story? That's a little fishy. Mm. They were like, oh, there were these urns and I smashed one and it was... <laughs> Like, who would have, like, I mean, it's possible.
0: Don't you think they'd be better liars, too? Like, the storyline of the first part of the season was that everyone was, like, telling such terrible lies about going to visit there, and you have to think it was because they were limited in what they could say.
2: Right, right. That's maybe the only option, unless they just chose a heck of a lot of bad liars for this cast. (laughs) <laughs> which is possible i suppose like the, wouldn't that be a funny th- like twist is like survivor production just goes and looks for the worst liars they can find and then, <laughs> and then
0: casts all of them the biggest bummer about it, it though was it had no payoff virtually like yeah they were just like all right guys we're out of here <laughs> and yeah. there was and there was just nothing to it i think the other thing about it is I unequivocally don't believe that they built that shelter or lived out there, especially yeah. if you're telling yeah. me that they were on back-to-back seasons. Like I highly highly doubt that whatever order they filmed it in, they sat out there and survived for 80 straight days. Like that's just unrealistic and unfair to them for <laughs> for being on the other season. <laughs> uh, yeah. But they said it they're like we built this for you guys. It's like okay.
1: You put one nail in there, Rob. Come on, you <laughs> didn't build the whole shelter.
0: So anyway, Tommy, Janet, Dean, Nora, and Lauren all get there. They've got a beautiful little shelter. It was it was delightful.
1: I, it didn't feel like the final few days because they like gave them a new shelter with like cots, yeah. and then they gave them food every day. And I, yeah, oh yeah, I, like I don't want to complain about it, but. Uh, in some way, I was like, this isn't Survivor. You're like, okay, survive 36 days, and then after that, you just have to go camping.
0: Like, it's not Survivor, it's (laughs) camping at that point. And it's camping with really good food that they got to make. I've really been hoping that one of the twists for season 40 would be like, guess what? Now it's 40 days for season 40. And then every (laughs) season after that, it's just a day longer. (laughs) Uh, I think that would be one of the things that would be a mistake. <laughs> so, just wait. There was one more lesson when they got there that was actually just a scavenger hunt more than a lesson. Fitting in with the theme of none of the lessons being lessons all season long. But yeah. it was a pretty cool scavenger hunt. I've never seen Survivor do something quite like that, and I enjoyed following yeah. it, Even though it was terribly unfair to colorblind Tommy.
2: <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> that was pretty funny, though. <laughs> what are the chances? <laughs>
1: I did feel really bad um, and, and I think Dean this is this is interesting because I think this was Dean's best episode by far um, getting to be there with a nullifier and an idol and an advantage it's not an advantage and, and stuff but the way he played Tommy I think maybe was shown to us in a way to think well he actually might have a chance at beating out Tommy and, yeah. and
0: for me I, I sort of
1: Bit into that because, uh, as you know, my preseason winner pick was Dean, and yeah, Miracle Miracle. final three too. <laughs> so um, I don't know what that says about me, but <laughs> yeah, it was it was really fun to see a set of clues. I I would not have picked the rope swing just looking at that scribbled H. That didn't make sense. I wonder if that was like a coincidence. Production. Yeah, if that was a coincidence, because you could see that sign on the pole at any point. But yeah. <laughs> I think they were like, oh, he thinks the swing has something to do with it. Let's edit that in there.
0: <laughs> I guess it
2: does. Yeah, kinda look that's like the it feeling is. I get.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> that's the feeling I get is like they were actually telling you what symbol to look for, not necessarily what the next what to you know yeah that uh, concentric roads or whatever they were looking for you know twigs that line up like that I think it was more like this is the symbol you are looking for Mm
0: -hmm. yeah and as you just alluded to Ty Dean really made a strong late game case and we'll we'll talk plenty about that more as we continue to work through this episode but it really felt like we were heading towards like that being the new survivor strategy, because that's obviously what happened on Edge of Extinction with White Guy in Jeans coming back at the last minute and just playing a really hard game for the last like three days and winning. So it yeah, was starting to feel like that's a really viable strategy, and we can debate whether it is yeah as we get into this. We, but
2: we can get there later. But can I also say my favorite? Moment in the episode was when Tommy is like and they just show the personality so wonderfully I love the editing on this part where Tommy is like all uh, antsy and like uptight about like okay this is a clue this is a clue like explaining everything to Tommy or uh, to uh, Dean this is a clue this is what we need to do this is what we should do and it's like all up in arms and stuff and then Dean just like chilling and goes yeah I gotta poop (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, such a perfect
2: response and then goes in like solve case and you know
0: i'm gonna start using that as a response to any high stress situation (laughs) (laughs) like if someone's talking to me and they seem to be freaking out about something be like listen i hear you i gotta poop let's come back to this (laughs) but Lined up well with Nora later in the episode, just holding everyone in suspense, like, let me just go do some yoga, let me just take a little bath, then we'll talk about this. And they're all sitting there like, Nora, please, God. (laughs) (laughs) But after they all got settled in on their new beach, they went to the first big challenge of the episode where the winners would get, well, the winner would get immunity and another person would get to come for a reward featuring steak, baked potato, salad, and as Jeff so eloquently highlighted vegetarian options (laughs) (laughs) so that challenge was entertaining and where Dean really started to pick up his pace in this particular episode adding to his immunity idol and his idol nullifier advantages an actual immunity necklace and bringing up some nice jury management moments by bringing Nora along for his little date (laughs)
1: Well, I think Nora definitely thought that it was a date. And Dean was like, I I need to figure out how to not have Crazy Lady kick me out. And I I do think, I guess I'm harping on Dean too much. I think Dean played really well. But seeing the way Nora handled the situation, like being taken on reward, I don't know that she handled a whole lot very well. I did feel really bad for Janet because Janet was begging to go to get that steak dinner, and Dean was like, someone Sorry, buy Janet steaks Nora. for
0: life, honestly.
1: <laughs> she needs it, and yeah, I mean, Dean did win another thing, and he, he tried to add to his resume, and he tried to work over the jury, and he, he did it to the best of his ability, so props for that, but I, I definitely felt for Janet being left behind on that one.
0: And yeah. I know this is a question we could get into on like almost any season of Survivor because they're making TV and highlighting characters but like that moment with the reward with Dean started to feel to me like all right, guys we're being like a little too mean to Nora just the way that they show her confessionals the way they show her talk is just like they're like hey viewers isn't she crazy (laughs) and you're just like yeah I mean she's funny but like it's just just started to feel cruel to me (laughs) A little too
1: much low-hanging fruit, I would say, on the Nora edits.
0: Yeah, I mean, there was even a point where I think they included Dean saying, at least you know you're crazy, which is just like... Can you imagine saying that to a person? (laughs) I know they're all on an island not eating, but I I can't imagine a scenario in life where I'm talking to someone, I'm just like, you know, you're crazy, but at least you know, you know?
2: Uh I think he was able, though, to say it in a way that for some reason, I don't think she took it personally, you know, like, I so, think, yeah, she to be took fair, I sh- don't
0: think she took anything personally. I think she, right. Like, right. I think she is pretty comfortable with anything anyone says about her because she's very confident in herself. Yeah. I think despite all that, the phrase Godforsaken Romeo and Juliet still made me laugh. Just like a really fascinating <laughs> way to describe that dynamic. But as you alluded to, Ty, the rest of that piece of the episode centered on the departure of, I think, our favorite contestant on the season, which mm-hmm. was Janet, who yeah. continuously just showed her moral like backbone and just being a good person in the midst of something that could get really messy and complicated in a normal situation, let alone this season. And yeah. I think... They ultimately made the right decision. It seemed like they made it as a group. I know it was a big move for Dean playing the idol nullifier, but it felt they were all pretty aware of what was going to happen there. And I think they had no choice because none of them would have beaten her.
2: Yeah, I think that's true.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that kind of feels like the story of
1: the late game was they had to get rid of the player's Um, We're going to talk about it, but Lauren goes next. They had to get rid of the people that they couldn't sit next to in final three. And that is tough because, like you said, Janet was um, one of our favorites. And despite being, like we talked about early on in this season, uh, the oldest and um, the old woman also, like she rose above those things. And I think that was great for this season we we talked about the cast how it was strong in that there was a lot of diversity and there was a lot of age diversity which there hasn't been lately and I, I think seeing that Janet could make it to final five also brought hope kind of for the future if that makes sense because I'm I'm hoping that people aren't just shoved into these boxes you know hero and villain and heroes and hustlers and whatever else they try to throw people into I'm hoping that they stop trying to throw people into those roles and they just let the people be themselves and not be, you know, a subgenre or a category.
2: Yeah, I wonder if anyone in production could have predicted how deep she'd go in the game. You know, because I don't know if they if they put her on there knowing how winsome she would be and how like, you know, upstanding and, and lovable she would be to the nation. Uh, And then yet, here we sit, everybody that has been watching, well, I think, everybody I've been talking to is sad when she leaves at five,
0: you know? And she was viewed as such a huge threat, like, even down to the fire-making challenge. People were like, she will win the fire-making challenge if she gets there. Not just the fact that she would win final tribal pretty easily. And still, my favorite moment of the season with her, other than just... Watching her stand up in the moments that were really hard, like was when her husband came and said something to the effect of she's just so strong and stands up for women and blah 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 blah, and it was interesting watching him not know the context of the situation he had stepped into and still say something so accurate to what we had seen about her and i I just not only do I wish there were more survivors like Janet, I wish there were just more people like Janet. She's great. Yeah. Yeah. Her Her quote that she gave to Entertainment Weekly this morning when asked about what it was like to be seen as like an inspiration and hear from people who were inspired by her was pretty good. She said Initially it was very uncomfortable for me because I felt like I was getting a lot of praise for just being normal. You know what I mean? Why am I getting praise? I'm just doing what a normal person would do. I'm very honored. I'm very appreciative of it. And it made me nervous. And then when my tribe mates were being hated, you know, hate is a strong word. I felt my heart broke for them. You can dislike somebody or dislike what they do or not appreciate it. But if they're taking responsibility for it, apologizing and moving forward, nobody deserves hate now. And, you know, just Janet continuing to be the the bigger person in everything. I just, uh, I will. Yeah. I will miss her presence. Bring, bring back Janet justice for Janet. (laughs) So then we had final four, Lauren, Tommy, Dean, Nora, and that's when the strategizing began over the fire making, potentially the moment where Tommy really won himself the game in some ways, convincing Nora that he just could not make fire. And, (laughs) her largely deciding based off of that to not put him up against Lauren, I I, still confused by her logic. And we can get into that when we get down to the final three, but like, I guess she wanted to just knock out Lauren at all costs and was not afraid of Tommy or Dean.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that, that did surprise me, but really she, um, Nora had no other option. Nora can only get rid of one of those three people and all three of them would beat her no matter what so Am I, I think, do you think what
0: so you've you've been on a survivor jury right like yeah what do you think is happening did you guys have three were, were you one of the seasons that had three I can't recall yeah we had three when there is that third person who no one wants to vote for how easy is it for them to be out there and think they have a chance still? Because that seems to be a consistent pattern.
2: 100% of the time, the person walking into Final Tribal thinks they have a chance of winning. And then depending on how perceptive they are, <laughs> we'll find out either quickly <laughs> or slowly during Final Tribal that they have no, uh, no chance. But that definitely is consistent. Like, yeah, you can even think of... Um, you remember somebody that actually handled it well? Troy Zan. Yeah, I think it was mm-hmm. the, the season after me. He, You could tell at first, he's talking as if he should win. And he realizes very soon, like, they don't respect me. They don't respect my game. I'm not going to win. And so he just, like, almost breaks down right there. But was like, okay, thanks for letting me play, guys. You know? <laughs> like
0: Yeah. Very gracious. Uh,
2: yeah. So I think that's very common. Uh, because you, you've you been watching the whole game through your own eyes. And so you've been like giving yourself the benefit of the doubt every time. And really, Nora, and it means Tommy and Dean probably played a good game toward Nora. Um, because that's what you want. You want the person that you're going to the end with to think they can beat you. So you, you say things like, man, you know, your game was really good. Uh, but I but, you know, I think it would be good. I think you and me could go to the end together. I would go to the end with you, yeah. But I don't know. Your, your game was really good. You know, you try to, like, make them think that, you know. I think that they have I a really
0: started to think Tommy was going to win when he was, like, helping her with her speech. But I'm skipping ahead slightly. So when Lauren was still around, they went to that final balancing immunity challenge, which, as we talked about last week, Nora, a physical threat consistently throughout the season and like had the tools of a good survivor player, just struggled to uh, handle her emotions in the social game well, I think. But won that challenge pretty easily, gave her a lot of power. She gets to decide who she will take to the final three and who will face each other in the fire-making challenge. We talked already about her leaving them all in suspense and (laughs) not telling them who she was gonna pick but it was like just the reason that you keep Nora around this long in a season so that you can have one more moment like that where she's just going on and on just driving them crazy and they're like we have to just wait for this to be over and I loved every minute of that
2: (laughs) yeah I loved the editing of that too and you could just see the the Uh, what's the word? You could see it on their faces, just like the, oh my goodness, woman, like, come on. (laughs) Each one of them. And then each one of them had to bite their tongue because they don't want to get on her bad side all of a sudden because they know if they like piss her off at the last minute, she can change her mind and be like, all right, fine, you're going to fire. And that's something she might do.
1: Yeah. I just couldn't help but feel like I was wondering if that's how you feel whenever I start talking on this podcast <laughs> for like my four or five minutes where you're just like, oh my gosh, Ty, please just get to the point. Like, what are you saying? And <laughs> I feel like I have some normal moments sometime on this podcast where it's hey, just Ty, like I drown listen. on and on and I keep going. And it, when hey. it happens, I don't really hey, know Ty. that it's happening, but... I can tell because I'm a good person but you're a good person too so like I don't think you mind as much do you know what I'm saying?
2: Ty at least you know you're crazy
0: (laughs) 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 at least least I know I'm crazy (laughs) Ty I think you're totally normal (laughs) normal (laughs) Lauren was not happy with Nora's decision to send her to make fire you told me you were You're number one the whole game, et cetera, et cetera. And I understand the anger, and I can understand how frustrating it would be to try to handle Nora for 39 days and think that you've got her and then lose her at the last minute like that. But ultimately, and I think Lauren has said this too, she probably had as good a chance to win as Tommy if she got put into the final, and probably the right move.
1: Yeah, and I thought that that moment where Lauren broke down and was really upset was the biggest hole she had had in her entire game this season because she had handled things well and her and Tommy had worked together to orchestrate or have a say in or know exactly what was happening. And when she got so upset, it it was almost like she didn't understand other people's perception of her. And I think that might have been her ultimate downfall is not knowing that if Nora did take her to final three, there's a good chance that she would have beat out Tommy and beat out Nora. So I think seeing the ways she reacted kind of hurt because it was like, dude, you're, you're not understanding. You're the best player left, so we have to get rid of you now. And I think that maybe she eventually understood that, but I just don't think she handled, handled that very well when she kind of cried and was trying to make fire through her tears.
2: In her defense, I mean, this is what day 38, right? out There, it really is emotionally taxing. You're mm-hmm. so tired. You're so hungry. You're, you know, you're tired of the people you're tired of everything, you know? And uh, I, w- I only made it to day 23 and couldn't do basic math. Couldn't do single digit math. On the final day, so like I can see why you wouldn't be thinking totally straight when you're you're hoping you go to the final three, of course. This is the last biggest moment of the game, and then, you know, you hear that news. So, I totally get why you'd be upset. It was interesting, like you said, though it didn't seem like she understood that was the that was the clearest move for Nora to make, especially being that Nora has been listening to Tommy and Dean, probably in separate conversations, both say, man, we got to get rid of Lauren. You know, you hear both of them say that. So to Nora, she thinks, okay, if both of these guys think Lauren should be out, well, then I got to get Lauren out.
0: And the tough thing after watching Lauren lose the fire challenge, which was pretty close relative to a lot of these recent Final Four fire challenges, but still ultimately not down to the wire by any means, uh, was in this season of dan making people feel uncomfortable and winding up getting kicked off the show for inappropriate touching this is maybe not necessarily commentary but it's a, a tough juxtaposition in the context of that this is now the fifth season in a row that a man has won and a man has won 11 of the last 14 seasons and apparently for the fourth season in a row a woman hasn't even gotten a vote at final tribal and in the last 5 seasons out of 52 jury votes 50 of them have gone to men so there's just some stats for you
1: <laughs> troubling and interesting <laughs> mixture of both
0: it's it's really hard to break something like that down because when you watch these seasons like individually you can see like like in this season like Lauren was probably the biggest threat Janet was probably the biggest threat You took them out, and then, you know, someone else wins. But, like, obviously when it happens again and again, it's just kind of like, ah, that's too bad.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and production does have so much... I mean, I shouldn't say production. Well, yeah, casting. Casting has so much to do with that, too. Um, If 75% of the guys you put on there have a chance of winning the game, but only 30% of the women you put on there have a chance of winning the game... You know, well then probably a man's gonna win the game. Yeah. Um, you know, same thing with same thing with like uh, people of color. Like, finally they're they're they've been putting on people of color that, that can win the game. You know, like that was something cool to see. Like you just liked, you know, you just like Jamal. You just like Aaron. You just like I don't know what you guys think. You just like Missy. Um, You're know, like all right, and you just like Lauren. So yeah. Um. That was, you know, that was a changing tide. Another change of tide on this topic was that so many idols were found by women this season.
0: Yeah. I didn't cool. even really have that to comment really cool. on it this time. <laughs> it <laughs> happened a lot. A lot of idols. I, I didn't keep statistical count, but felt like it was happening yeah. a lot. So mm-hmm. once you got down to that three, we were talking about Nora asking Tommy for help with the speech, etc., And it was interesting at that moment to hear them each frame their game in the way that they viewed it. And this kind of bleeds into the opening tribal council discussion, too. But I do want to pause on Nora for a minute because her version of this was like essentially a Silicon Valley style argument for her survivor strategy, which was just like, I'm a disruptor. I blew this up. I came in. No one ever knew what I was going to do. My game was bold, it was zesty, it was flavorful, it was interesting, it was unique, it was healthy, it was fun, it was different, it was just everything. And it was kind of like, <laughs> I-, I couldn't help but think like, what would happen if someone more intentionally took on a strategy like that, where you're kind of trying to be unpredictable and you can actually frame it to the jury as like something you were doing rather than people actually knowing you're kind of just being erratic. So it raised an interesting thought, but I don't think she played that game in other people's eyes.
1: No, yeah. I think yeah, I think she struggled because she's such. I do want to say this. I think what was shown is she is a kind and genuine person, but she doesn't yeah. have a whole lot of forethought, and that's where she got lost in this game. Is She seemed like she played such an emotional game where, you know, one minute she's, like, talking about Lauren. She's heard my number one and all this stuff, and then Tommy's like, we can't sit with Lauren, so she gets rid of Lauren, you know? And it's – I don't know that that strategy – like you said, maybe if she had took ownership and known that she was trying to be a wild card and trying to seem not like a threat, but since she didn't own it and she didn't own it well, I think that's where her biggest trouble is.
2: Yeah. I think, too, I was hoping, just for this would have been mean for her to do, but just for uh, interesting gameplay and the erratic Nora that we're growing to to love on this season i was hoping that once she gets to the final try or to uh the the fire making challenge that she'd switch it up and be like actually i'm going against tommy (laughs) or like you're like totally totally like blow everybody's predictions out of the water
0: (laughs) that would have been a fun moment (laughs) and i think i saw i believe it was Kelly saying this during Final Tribal? I can't recall. Something to the idea of Dean having the opportunity to own that kind of thing of like, I was trying to sit back and do nothing and they felt like he didn't quite own it enough to claim it as strategy. And I, th- I thought that was an interesting juxtaposition considering that people viewed Nora as having no chance but Dean as having more of a chance even though she won more. <laughs> I think you could make a a decent argument that just looking at the game on paper she won more things than him and affected more votes than he did based off of her actions whether they were intentional or not
2: <laughs> <laughs> i think though i th- i would, yeah i think dean could have had a much stronger final uh speech like if i were him I would have said something like, and of course, we only saw, we only saw a moment of the, the four-hour final tribal, but um, I wish we would have he- heard him say, there's no way a guy like me could have made it to the end if I came out flashy like this fourth quarter in the first quarter. There's no way, you know, you were already trying to get rid of me on whatever episode. You know, there's a few different times that there that his name was on the chopping block. I barely made it through not doing anything, like trying to stay under the radar. So as soon as I could, I came out and here's what I did. You know, I think he could have had a much stronger speech. Um,
0: Yeah, I I I wasn't super impressed by his speech in the sense that like it felt like it had a lot of like ums and like hmm let me think about that like I hadn't totally prepared and i thought it was a really interesting decision to leave moments like that in especially that one where he was the third person asked a question that the other two people had already yeah, been asked and he was like hold on i'm not sure <laughs> but ultimately when it came down to it his moves in the game were just flipping a coin out onto the idols winning an immunity challenge whispering to tommy a, a big move for tommy for the record—but whispering to Tommy that he was in trouble, and winning the fire-making thing.
1: Yeah, I think his game is tough to quantify, and like you said, his final tribal, I don't think he gave the speech very well. I don't know if he didn't point it out. I'm guessing he did, because he's probably longer, but he was on the bottom since the merge and somehow managed to sneak by and maybe he did go through all this and you know went through every vote and was like well they were thinking hey he's the easy guy but he's also willing to get on the coattails and hide in the background and I, I feel like he played I think and as I was watching it I think he actually played the game that he wanted to play he honestly seemed like he is generally a quiet and shy person you know, and I think that he played that well. And if you have to get up and give a speech for a million dollars, like I don't know that I'm going to be able to speak articulately and clearly. I-, I can barely do that on a podcast. And it's like I I really felt for him because he was on the bottom for so long and he didn't have a chance for so long. And then he made a couple moves, like you said, warning Tommy and winning a fire-making challenge and deciding to flip a coin or whatever. I- not great moves, but somehow he survived. And I think if maybe he hit on that, or if he sold that as like, my back was against the ropes for the last 10 days, the last 15 days, then maybe he had a better chance. And I I don't know. I don't think Tommy played by far and away better than him. A lot of Tommy's stuff um, felt like they were Lauren's moves early on. And then at the end, he did decide to get rid of Lauren, but very when subtle. It, when it came to me, it felt like those two had equal chance, but Tommy was much better at giving a speech and describing why he should win than Dean was.
2: And the major, it, it seemed, it, it, the one big thing that I think came out. Well, there was two two big things, but one that was a moment at Tribal Council that went bad for Dean, and then one that was the entire season showed that Dean did not actually create friendships, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. It sounded like that was a big issue. If you only talk to half of the people on the jury, well, that's at most, you can have half the votes pretty much. Yeah, I think
0: Dean said that this morning in his interview that like he views that as the reason he lost his quote was, I think it was a little too late from the gameplay perspective But also, relationship-wise with the folks on the jury, I was already down by three. I mean, there were folks on the jury literally at that final tribal council who I didn't talk strategy with at all. And how do I expect to go into final tribal council and win already down three to nothing? Yeah. So I I think that does sum it up pretty well. It's just kind of like he played as well as he could for the last quarter of the game or so, and he did a good job of surviving from the bottom and making... Moves that were at least flashy, if not substantive. But he just didn't have the relationships that Tommy did. And I thought the most telling moment of the whole episode actually came at the reunion show when Sandra and Rob said, you know, every person who came to Island of the Idols said that Tommy was their number one. And they didn't really show us things like that throughout the season. But that kind of insight of like... People going there to talk to Robin Sandra and checking in in that way where everyone was like, "Oh yeah, Tommy's my man, like kind of shows you why he won and why he won so easily,
2: yeah, yeah that's that's definitely definitely true, and then I think I'm having a flashback to earlier in the season flashback now i might I might have names wrong <laughs> and <laughs> and things wrong here, but wasn't there an episode? maybe it was the episode that uh uh, Kelly's idol saved Dean I it maybe maybe it was that episode or somewhere around there where I think Dean claimed well yeah I talked with everyone on the beach today and there was no like saving me you know trying to play as if he knew he's going home and I think was it Janet somebody called him out and was like did you talk to me have you yeah. talked to me yet you know and so like that was just <laughs> kind of a reprisal like he should have learned from that instance but then fast forward to the end of the season, same thing. Everybody sitting on the jury is thinking, well, you didn't talk to me.
0: Yeah, and I know we haven't talked about him really a tremendous amount and the fact that Tommy didn't make a lot of big moves or win challenges or anything, but he played a complete kind of survivor game that I questioned whether he even existed anymore in the way that people play survivor now. Like... He was in the top of the controlling alliance basically from mm-hmm. day one to yeah. day 39. And even yeah. though he didn't do anything huge or flashy, like he controlled what was happening, either that or his the person right above him did. And then he made a move at the right time and then the relationships were just there to support that foundation.
2: And the reason, one reason that's so important, I think it goes to show that, like, perceptions at the beginning of the game aren't really changed too much throughout the whole game. You know? Uh, his, everybody perceived that he was, like, they all respected him in the first week. They all respected his gameplay and his social, you know, everything. And that that feeling continues throughout the whole season, and that was the opposite for Dean, you know?
0: Yeah, and I want to point out, too, because we kind of erased this last season thanks to Chris blowing up our entire system. But the power rankings that me and Ty do every week, where we give three points to the person we rank first, two points to the person we rank second, and one point to the person we rank third, just as they had for many years in a row before Edge of Extinction, gave a pretty clear and simple prediction of the winner. Tommy yeah. had t- 27 total points in our power rankings for the season. Lauren, out of the remaining players going into this episode, was nine points behind him with 18. Janet behind them with 13, and Dean only had three, and he got <laughs> all his power rankings points in the last couple weeks. So, like when you look from beginning to end, if you look at our power rankings, Tommy had points in week one, two, three, four, five, nine, ten, eleven, mm. and twelve. And, like, that's just a consistent game. Like, he only had four first-place power ranking votes the whole season from me and Ty, which was weeks one, three, five, and 11, so even a good spread there. But, like, he just was always in that top-three discussion for us, and I think that made it easy for him to finish this off.
1: Yeah, and I think that that also leads to... The observation, like what Michelle was saying, it's tough because I don't think you'll ever see a dominant vocal leader win again. You said Tommy won from the head, but he wasn't the head. I don't know that the game is at a point where someone, you know, you think about Dom and Wendell. I, I, Dom was clearly the more vocal leader of those two, and Wendell won. And I think it's tough. We we talked about the last few weeks; it felt like all the good players we're going and you know i don't want to totally trash tommy because yeah he did play well but i don't think his game was as strong as some of the people that left the last 4 or 5 weeks and i don't know if i'm worried about that if i'm excited about that am i am i buying into well, all the blind sides and it feels yeah it feels almost like the winner is now
0: the person that should get second place, at least lately. It feels like that's the way the game well, is Well, it really trending. would have been fascinating to see him and Lauren get to go head-to-head in the final three, because that had a real Dom Wendell dynamic, and that was yeah. one of the closest final trials of recent seasons. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what exactly would have happened there. It might have led to even more <laughs> criticism if Tommy had beaten her and, uh, in the wake of everything that's happened this season but to your point i think survivor feels unpredictable in a way that's like not even as fun to me anymore like the 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 way that the final five people is determined almost feels random like everyone's just taking out whoever feels the biggest at that particular moment and that it's interesting to see someone have a sort of consistent game throughout the season and win like Tommy because Mm -hmm. it just feels like that doesn't exist anymore and I get your point about him feeling like second best too but it's it's just the game's in a weird spot from that perspective
1: and that was a lot of talk you know Nora made it into final three I also uh, was reading up on stuff and people like well we're gonna bring Dan because we know that anybody on jury isn't gonna vote for Dan so Dan was literally no risk of going home so had he not been removed for the game yeah we'll get and to that somebody managed to bring him and Nora like it's a shoe and it's 10 votes you know and I don't it's it's really it's interesting and it worries me but it also helps me be more excited for next season so that's a teaser we'll come back to it later
0: <laughs> well maybe the <laughs> turn now is that people start to realize like these goats are costing us because like you said 5th place, 4th place feels like the people who could have really won. And maybe those discussions in the game where you're like, hey, we can beat this person at the end. Let's keep them around. Let's do the blind side now. Maybe those will start shifting into discussions of, honestly, we got to take out the goat first because it's going to cost us our spot. (laughs) And (laughs) part of Tommy's argument that I thought was really interesting was this shield concept of like keeping people around who you feel like are threats ahead of you where if this person's gone, then people will start looking at you. And I yeah. hadn't heard that framed exactly that way before. And I found that, uh, compelling as well.
2: Yeah. They did play that a little differently this year. You did, you did see people trying to vote out goats so that they make sure they themselves can get further. I forget what episode we saw that on, but we did see that, um, you know, a few, a few episodes ago. Um, I thought it was neat too, actually. Uh, how I don't know if you read in Tommy's uh, interviews. Um, he said if Janet had been sitting next to him, and I don't know how honest this is. I, I hope it's. I, it might be. He said that he thinks <laughs> if Janet was sitting next to him, he would have said, "Everybody, we just need to vote for Janet." But like, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna win. Like, let's, you know, let's all vote said for Janet
0: <laughs> during Final Tribal too. That he was the first one to win just being brought along to the end and i i haven't checked to see if that's true but that's an yeah
2: jamal said that he was like oh so you played the goat in order to win or like you know something like that
0: and yeah. it's crazy even from season to season like gavin essentially had the same argument last season and couldn't win and tommy did yeah so yeah i think the only other thing that interested me about the way that played out was the fire challenge was starting to really feel like a threat to the integrity of the game in the sense that like whoever won the fire challenge just impressed the jury so much that they just won. (laughs) So it was nice to see that not pay off in that way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I agree.
0: Yeah. So congrats to Tommy big win him and his, I believe now fiance, Nicole, get a a million bucks to figure out what to do with. So have fun with that. Any last thoughts on them?
1: Nope. Good guy. Glad a teacher's finally getting paid. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) nice.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, let's move from good guy to bad guy. Dan did not appear at the reunion show, which was recorded three hours in advance of its normal live taping for safety concerns and as i said last week i feel like this was maybe the first time all season they actually protected their castaways and i think was ultimately the right thing to do and as we'll talk about it appeared like they pretty much aired things largely unedited so good for them quick business there before we talk about that was the uh the now famous sia survivor awards were handed out again $15,000 to Jamal, $100,000 to Janet, and $100,000 to Elaine, whose reaction was just delightful.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How do you think Jamal feels? (laughs) He's got 15 and then it's like, oh, the next two people she cared about,
0: 100. (laughs) Honestly, can you imagine, can you think of someone who will handle that better than Jamal? Jamal will be so happy. He's just the best. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, interesting too. So, so there were two other cast castaways not present. You know, I don't know if we want to get there later or now. I believe Elaine and sorry, Elizabeth and Jack.
0: Yeah. Oh, Elizabeth wasn't there either. I actually didn't pick up on that.
2: Yeah, they weren't there either. And so I also then wonder though, uh, because there was it sounds and I, and I don't have any evidence of this other than social media. So. Um, <laughs> it sounded like the cast was pretty divided on the Dan issue. Uh, And so I was, I was under the impression CBS was maybe uh, protecting themselves in, you know, by not necessarily the, the castaways, maybe the castaways. I don't know. I'll hear your, your opinion on that. Um, but by recording earlier in case there was, you know, talk about the situation and backlash from any of the castmates. Yeah.
0: I think that definitely felt like part of it, too. Because there was even a moment when Janet got voted off and they cut to her being interviewed live by Jeff. And he talked about her being inspiring to people and being a role model for young girls, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but he didn't bring up the issue specifically. And it was kind of a weird elephant in the room moment where he was like, yeah, you're just a real inspiration and like people love you. and And they were <laughs> dancing around it in a way that just made me uncomfortable. Which is why it was good to... Really just let it breathe later on and during the reunion show. Yeah. One yeah. positive thing, by the way, you alluded to Jack not being there. Uh Jack and Jamal apparently roommates now. Good things happen.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and uh Jack and Elizabeth dating.
0: Wait, is that is that true?
2: I'm pretty sure that's true.
0: Jack and Elizabeth
2: I, yeah, I have mutual friends with Elizabeth, and that mutual friend said that she's dating Jack. And then I also saw it on Reddit, but I heard it from the friend <laughs> first, so I think it's true.
0: <laughs> wow. Survivor alums Elizabeth Beisel and Jack Nickting are dating. Quote, yes, we share hair products. What? <laughs> this is from <laughs> Us Weekly. <laughs> Elizabeth posted on Instagram today saying, I've got a curly-haired boyfriend named Jack, and he is simply the most wonderful human being I know. And yes, we share hair products. Cool. (laughs) Good for those Uh, people. Weird. It it can only get messy trying to talk about Elizabeth's role in some of the things that happened this season, because she and Missy did some uncomfortable things using the Dan touching incident as part of their strategy and gameplay. And ultimately I do think that as Jeff alluded to during the moment with Kelly, like they put them in that position and a place they didn't need to put their contestants in and allowed that to happen in some ways. But, you know, I guess it's like Janet said, let, let people, apologize and hopefully grow i don't know
2: yeah i there's an interesting though okay there's an interesting parallel to the real world here because uh i believe so we we all know kelly made it very clear she was uncomfortable i believe missy was also uncomfortable like you know they she talked about and it showed many instances of the situations that she was talking about even elizabeth it showed a few things that i would be very uncomfortable with if i were in that situation um and then when it came back to gameplay gameplay was more important and they didn't want to for whatever reason you know they didn't want to make a scene they didn't maybe they didn't want to put a target on themselves by making a scene about it and trying to vote dana off maybe they didn't want to make him uncomfortable because they thought uh, you know they would be uncomfortable maybe they're afraid of repercussions maybe there's so many reasons you know, it's that same idea when a girl goes to a bar or something or a concert and she's being hit on and she'll say that she has a boyfriend, you know, to, like, shift repercussions onto the imaginary boyfriend or something so that she doesn't have to reject the guy. Or so there's so many, like, layers to to this. But you're playing a game for a million dollars and so... I feel like maybe they thought, well, I
0: just got to suck it up.
2: I just got to suck it up, yeah. play the game, and yeah, I'll deal. It's a real I'll- world
0: parallel for I'll- sure, right?
2: Yeah, and so like that—that that happens in real life. Maybe it's not a million dollars, but maybe it's like, well, it's a job. It's a really good job. I don't want to mention anything because, uh, or I don't want to lose his friend, or I don't want to make people feel uncomfortable. But like, it's still going on,
0: you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I've I've heard like stories like that. To a level that almost isn't even actionable and you're still like, oh God, that's terrible. Just like things as simple as like this boss who's 20 years older than me and is married follows me on Instagram and likes my things like that's weird. Don't do that. (laughs) And at the same time, like, what, what do you do with that? But in this case, it was obviously a bit more extreme of like so many things like you said were shown on camera happening and people were still left essentially unprotected and allowed to just bring this into the game in a way that really negatively affected everyone and everything from that point on in the season so when we get to Jeff's apology in the reunion show in the reunion show he finally i think for the first time addresses things in a full-throated like fully contextualized way that they he and CBS had essentially avoided doing throughout this debacle he said it was a very complex unprecedented (laughs) it was very complex (laughs) unprecedented situation for us and the steps that we took in the game to address the situation were made by a group of dedicated women and men across time zones in real time and we intended to do the right thing but in the months that have passed we have learned so much about what we could have and should have done instead And if this happened today, we would handle it much differently. We've already taken important steps to lay out new policies, procedures, rules, and methods for reporting that will create a better and safe environment for future players. We will talk about those briefly in a couple minutes. Uh, We are committed to doing our part to turn this into something positive, and it's all because of Kelly, the woman who was brave enough to speak up despite the risk. And then he turned to Kelly and said, "Uh, I want to say you were right. You were right to speak up. You were right to step forward despite a lot of risks and to speak your truth and I want to acknowledge and apologize for your pain. You didn't ask for it and you didn't deserve it and I would like now to turn it over to you to vent at me, to share what you've learned, to share your feelings because you haven't been able to talk. And I thought as good of an apology as they could have given in this situation, at the same time put a lot of pressure on Kelly in that moment but I think uh, yeah, uh like she handled it with with a lot of uh, grace and, and like, care. And, you know, this has been a terrible season and a terrible situation, but hopefully that moment is something we can build off of as, uh, like, the show and the castaways and everyone who watches.
2: Yeah. Um, and it's interesting, you know, like, so production talks to everyone at least, at least on my season, uh, they talk to you before you go out there and days before, and they tell you everything that might be asked and they hear your response to everything that might be asked. And then they base their questions and Jeff Probst's questions to you based on what your answers were to the questions that you were asked in these like previous talks. Um, so, I don't think she was unprepared. You know, it came across, she, she really stumbled and struggled to say things. I don't think it's because she was unprepared. I think truly she probably felt so much pressure from so many sides. If I say something, who am I offending or what am I, how do I say it? And, you know, and we're all afraid of what social media going to say if we say the wrong thing or what's, I don't know, is production going to be mad if I come down too hard on them or I don't know. There's probably so many reasons she she struggled to find uh the right the right articulation.
1: It's tough because you don't everything you say is then going to be transcribed and if you say anything even remotely incorrectly if you word something wrong or if you say something that you don't mean or the intention that you're trying to come across you say the wrong word and i think that was probably part of the scariness of that situation also I, I don't think her job is to go up on live tv in front of millions so you we can give her the benefit of the doubt on that and and i think that's one of the the overarching lessons is like have grace for people and listen to what they're telling you and I think that was one thing that was done fairly well at that time
2: yeah I would say too I think Ty you made the point last week on the podcast that like yeah this is a big negative thing but we could see it as I think you made the point something like we could see it as a positive thing because there was a there is like as Jeff loves to say, there's an evolution of the game going on, and like hopefully mm-hmm. this one is is <laughs> um, you know it's a more serious one. Um, but I would say it's not even just an evolution of the game. like I would actually say CBS and Survivor now is actually one step ahead of most of the population of the world because they have had to now deal with this type of subject in front of the world, like on TV. And so I think every single business, every single school every single institution would be "Why look at this and say okay I don't want to make the mistake they made
0: yeah and one of the things I find interesting about that is like we talk a lot about being on this show and getting an edit that you find unfavorable or unfair to you and we alluded to this several weeks ago but like for once CBS gave themselves a terrible edit and I yeah. think it was unintentional like I think when they made this it's hard not to believe based off of how slow they were to react and how this all played out so uncomfortably and so awkwardly that they just thought wow we have like a great me too storyline on our hands this is really going to show people and they wound up learning way more than they thought they would too from the way this all played out and obviously that remains part of the most baffling thing about it is that they sat on this for like four to five months in pre-production or post-production etc and didn't realize what they were stepping into but I think now they understand to enough of an extent that they can at least say the right things in this moment and now obviously the question is can they make a real change and like you said Michelle like really lead the way on something.
1: Yeah they. I mean they released a a very very long statement on Tuesday kind of about the show moving forward and some of the steps they're going to take um yeah I let's run it, through
0: those okay I have a bullet point list here if, if you need that
1: yeah I could read the statement but bullet points um and you know there's like there's a lot of steps they're gonna take and you know they include having extra people out there and support and you know, what what else do they have out there
0: yeah so the bullet point breakdown that i saw inside of that very long statement of them being quote determined to do better going forward is an actual game rule prohibiting physical contact sexual harassment and impermissible biases which is kind of vague but we'll see what they do with that as you said a new onset executive slash professional for confidential reporting new reporting procedures if contestants have issues a new pre-production orientation that will include new anti-harassment, unconscious bias and sensitivity training for cast producers and production crew. And having this plan and these changes be reviewed by a third party expert. And I believe I, there was another piece to that game rule being that you wouldn't be allowed to use that as gameplay in the way that Elizabeth and Missy did. Like that's just straight up off limits. Um, and obviously that's a good thumbs up
2: yeah Yeah, there's two thumbs up over here
0: (laughs) (laughs) so it's one of those things where like one of the lessons to this season feels to me like institutions won't protect us and i think we've learned that in society over the last few years with this movement and other things that have happened where just like the only thing that's going to fix things or move things forward in the world is like people standing up together and like reaching across to each other and, and like demanding change or whatever, because like you talked, you both talked about Kelly potentially just being scared of the reaction from social media or whatever. And like, I've just been thinking so much lately about like how, we're all, like, part of this game we didn't ask to be a part of. (laughs) We're, like, there's all these rich people who run these social media companies, and they profit off of us being angry at each other (laughs) and continuing to fuel hatred so that we all feel like we're part of this, like, sick sports game where it's, like, red versus blue or, like, whatever you want it to be. And the only way we can, like, beat the system is to just break the system. I guess I'm pitching that people get off social media. I don't know what I'm arguing.
1: (laughs) I think one of the biggest things I want to take away is um, personal responsibility should be something that everybody thinks about. And like we've talked about the last few weeks, having this conversation has already started spinning wheels in my own mind about things I... Should say to be more supportive or things I shouldn't say that could be inappropriate or you know whatever it is and I think that that's one of the things um, is don't look to CBS to save you don't look to some
0: especially CBS to,
1: to save you just take some yeah. personal responsibility and if someone comes to you and tells you something like Kelly did, take it seriously don't don't try to
0: Uh, sweep it under the rug or whatever like and at the same time like hold those institutions accountable right because now we're seeing cbs saying they're gonna make changes because people spoke up and said hey what the hell
2: (laughs) yeah and it's definitely not something that cbs uh was asking for like they like you know how you know that they like political hot topics of course but this one i don't think was one that they wanted to breach necessarily you know i think their hand was kind of sure yeah not in this way for sure i just remember i remember in the in the casting process um a female executive pulled me aside um you know they do all sorts of assessments with you psychology you know assessments um iq tests and um do a, a large psychological history with you and medical history and all this stuff and in that it came out that i um that I had been um, assaulted many years ago. And I was pulled aside by one of the execs and pretty much they wanted to make sure that I was okay with the touching that might happen on the island. Um, And like kind of described instances that may or may not happen and wanted to make sure I was okay with that. Um, And that was kind of a weird, I remember that conversation. It like stuck out as like a really strange Thing. like so you're okay if this happens right like you're okay uh snuggling with a man even if this happens or that happens or you know like so it was a really interesting like is that going to bother you um so I don't think they were looking for this in fact says, so I'm sure they talk with each of the girls about this sort of topic uh hoping and of course not expecting that one of the men is going to be intentionally creepy Hmm.
0: yeah I'm sorry to hear that it's it's one of those things where you just hope they'll be more transparent and keep working because even in this moment with kelly jeff said like we were not transparent about why we met with you guys many people knew it was about dan but we weren't clear about it and i was like yeah that sort of contradicts what you said that week so like i'm glad you're admitting it but like you you guys could have done better so many times along the way and hopefully they will continue to make room for growth and transparency going forward. I think Kelly closed it out in a way that sort of sums this up. She said, I hope that this season of Survivor isn't just defined by inappropriate touching or sexual harassment. I hope that it's defined by change. And I feel like I can be really proud of the fact that I spoke up and I asked for these changes and CBS and Survivor are making those changes because I asked I have to fundamentally believe at the end of the day that individuals and institutions are capable of change. And I think that as a result of this season, many of us have had these hard conversations. We've learned a lot. And I think we're still learning. And ultimately, my biggest hope is that each one of us, each individual, each institution, each organization, and especially CBS and Survivor can take this, learn from it, and do better. I fundamentally believe that we can do better. Yeah. Yeah. Can't go back now. There's no turning back. So. Yeah. All you can do is go for it and CBS has a terrible track record as like a network with a lot of this stuff. You can actually go find a, a Twitter thread that I can link to just of reporting over the years from like executives on down of just the environment that they have at that company. So hopefully Survivor can help uh, lead the way here in some, some form or fashion.
2: Mm. Yeah.
0: Oof. So that's season 39. <laughs> uh, certainly the most controversial season yeah in survivor history and maybe i'm being naive but i like want to be excited for season 40 because what a cast i mean it's an all-winner season they're bringing back 20 winners just like every face you recognize like rob amber sandra adam from your season wendell ben Amber, mm-hmm. I think I already said. I don't know. Like Sarah,
2: Sarah, Sarah, the Sarah Pop, Jeremy, uh,
1: Ben the Veteran, Ethan, my personal favorite.
0: Yeah. Ethan. <laughs> oh. Uh a lot of potential. They are unfortunately bringing back Extinction Island apparently. They're adding something what? called fire tokens. What? Uh, who knows who knows what that means. Uh The prize is 2 million dollars?
2: <laughs> yeah, they that needed to happen a while ago. Because of inflation and stuff. Yeah, for real. Just, just, really.
0: But yeah, I mean, hopefully, we can see growth and we can see a good season of Survivor. I'm excited. I really
1: want to see how the old school players mix with this new school social game is worth much more than like staying alive and winning challenges early. I really want to see like the first fifteen season people they line up with the last you know 15 even though that's only 30 not 40 but whatever
0: yeah february 12th it premieres so it'll be back
2: wow that is quick soon but yeah i'm i'm excited to watch everyone battle it out and um that'll be interesting
0: yeah and it's it's a feat of longevity that they could even do a season like this it's crazy
2: yeah yeah (laughs) I hope that the next season. Uh, this wouldn't. This isn't going to happen because I already have too many spoilers for the next seasons. But, um, but I hope. It, what would be neat? No. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. It, w- I wish that they would follow uh, the War of the Winners with, um, with, uh, like. The Village Idiot. Like, the first person voted <laughs> out in every season. or first something. One out season. <laughs> like, it, always first oh, person voted out. Or, like, the dumbest players, like, dumbest moves ever. Like, Can you, you imagine
0: being like the that? first one out in a first one out season? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They should just start. They have so many seasons. How funny would that be if that's how they started casting seasons now? Just, like, <laughs> uniting people across seasons from, like, things they did? Yeah. Just, like... Here are the top ten immunity challenge winners of all time, or twenty, or whatever. Oh. Uh, and and just, all the
1: medivacs—they're gonna come back. No. <laughs> that,
0: that would be might
2: good. Not could work. have like top immunity winners versus medivacs versus—I uh, <laughs> don't know, like most immunity idols found or something, or you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh man, just it, they really stumbled on a hell of a formula, and even <laughs> like through a season like this that was just objectively a disaster for long periods of it they can still just be like well fresh start here we go (laughs) and uh we'll see what they do with it anything else you guys want to touch on on this finale any of the events of season 39 or or are you just ready to put this one in the rearview mirror
2: i'm ready i'm ready to move on i'm ready to move on
0: move on but never forget right ty yep Forgive, but don't forget. (laughs) Remember that we all need to be better people. Yeah, always work every day to get a little better. All right, everyone, if your eyes are open, there are gifts here beyond this podcast. There'll be plenty for you to do over the winter months as we go on hiatus from Survivor and just figure out you know, it's it's always nice to take some time and just settle in with how you feel about things. So we'll come back in late January, early February for season number 40. And we'll just take things from there for now. Uh, Michelle, thank you for joining us as always. And thank you for helping us wade through a, a challenging season of Survivor. And uh, yeah, stay warm out there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye
0: bye (laughs) bye (laughs) bye Ty wait Ty do you want to sign off it's been a long season do you want to say any last words uh
1: Survivor still needs to cast me bye
0: (laughs) (laughs) alright thank you for listening everyone Apple Podcasts Spotify go tell us whether you liked our podcast this season and uh come back next time for Michelle Tyler B. Commons I'm Taylor P. Gaines signing off for Goodbye. On the island
2: On the island, I, island. I,
0: island. I, island. You want to be a survivor If you wanna live here on the island You gotta talk about the show If you wanna live here on the island Are you gonna
2: survive When you're gonna be a living a life on the island
0: and you're living a survivor on the island. I'm not good at making these things up. as well. <laughs> that is
1: right. okay. Oof. We made it. <laughs> oh, man.